The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, Browns fans, it's time to gear up for a pain-free 2022 NFL season for your Cleveland Browns with new friends of the show, Buckeye Law Group. If you've been injured in a car accident, a slip and fall, a work accident, or even if you've been buried into the ground by Miles Garrett or stiff-armed by Nick Chubb, you need to call Buckeye Law Group today at 1-800-411-PAIN. Their attorneys will fight for the money you deserve. Buckeye Law Group's attorneys have recovered over $1 billion for their clients throughout the entire country. So don't make the mistake of calling just any other attorney. Call attorneys you can trust. And best of all, they're Browns fans just like you. Call our friends from Buckeye Law Group at 1-800-411-PAIN. After 911, call 411. That's 1-800-411-PAIN. 1-800-411-7246. That's Buckeye Law Group located at 1300 East 9th Street, Suite 1210 in Cleveland, Ohio. Buckeye Law Group, proud fans of the Cleveland Browns just like you. This episode of the Dogs Podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Come on now, everybody. We've all had those protein bars that are chalky and just nasty. And as soon as you take a bite, you're like, do I really got to finish this thing? Built Bar is the world's first ever candy bar protein bar. This is a protein bar, but man, you swear you're eating a candy bar. To give you guys a good idea, it's kind of the consistency of a Three Musketeers bar, and they have so many delicious flavors. I mean, you bite into this thing, you don't think you're eating a protein bar. You don't think you're eating something that's healthy for you. You think you're eating a good old junk food, snack food, candy bar, baby. These things are awesome. Order yourself a box of Built Bar. Try all their different flavors or just try the ones you love, whatever you want to do. These things are perfect. Fill your cabinet. You will not regret giving Built Bar a try. And right now, if you go to Built.com, use promo code BARK, B-A-R-K, when you check out, get 10% off your order when you order today with code BARK at Built.com. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. Browns fans, welcome to another episode of the Dogs Podcast, special holiday edition, uh, coming to you guys live on YouTube in between Christmas and New Year's. As you can see, Justin Charles not able to make it tonight. We were able to call in a special guest, Kenny Mack, coming from Ottawa, Canada, president of the Browns backers up there. So we're super pumped to have him uh, back on an episode with us. Unfortunately, it's to talk about a terrible Browns loss, lost to the Saints 17 to 10, Ooh. officially eliminated the Browns from playoff contention. Um, before we get into all the disgusting details of the game, I want to remind you guys to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. 
If you're watching right now on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, please make sure you do. That helps us out a lot. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. Uh, if you want to just listen to the podcast, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Lastly, if you're looking for more dogs content, head to jointhedogs.com, become an official dog pack member on the Patreon page. We are in championship week for the fantasy leagues. So we have four leagues heading into their championship weeks. We also have a tournament of champions going on there to give away even more merch. We do dog pack member of the month where we give uh, dogs merch away. You get extra episode every week. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Kenny Mack's a part of it. I actually think John Nye is still a Patreon member, even though he's on the show now. That's how much he loves being a part of it. Uh, so it's just a good time for everybody. You get access to the private Discord, which has been a ton of fun for everybody else in there. So uh, if you're looking for that, join us. Join the dogs.com. Become an official dog pack member. Phil Davis asked if I have that memorized yet. Uh, I think this is what, 150th <laughs> episode or something? So 167. Adjusted, I, 167. <laughs> I've adjusted it a little bit since the beginning, but yes, I have it uh, down pretty well i don't even have to read it anymore uh so we want to thank everybody uh for jumping in here with us hopefully we get a bunch of people to join it's always a lot of fun when we get fan interaction um unfortunately the browns you know they did they browns they did what they do they, they a week after giving us some hope with beating uh, uh you know a, a ravens team a tough gritty win over a uh division rival and then uh, somebody at Josh's house is causing. Yep. Sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to mute my mic real quick. You guys go. It's okay. Uh, we're doing this live. So, you know, things happen. I have a baby upstairs. She could start crying at any minute. So, you know, things happen. Um, but uh, they just Browns. So then what they do, they give us hope and then they come out and they lay an egg at home against a team that plays in a dome. We're supposed to, you know, we're going to get into, is it home field advantage really for the Browns and all that good stuff. Uh, but I think the first thing we need to talk about, which is, you know, it's kind of a small story. Miles Garrett didn't start for the Browns on defense. He sat out the first series. Stefanski called it a team thing. I think at first, uh, and then it came out, I saw reported he was sick and he didn't properly disclose his illness or something like that. Um, so because of that, he he missed practice and they didn't know he was going to miss practice. And so they end up sitting him. Um, and I think Stefanski's had a lot of backlash for not starting him. And it's like these are the same people who are saying Stefanski doesn't have control of the team. Uh, everybody's just running amok. There's no accountability. And then as soon as he holds somebody accountable, everybody's trying to throw Stefanski under the bus for doing just what they're, they're always preaching him to do. And the way I look at it, it, it didn't matter who you are for 20 years in New England. If you violated a team rule, you got benched. It didn't matter if your name was Tom Brady, uh, Willie McGinnis. It didn't matter what your name was. If you broke a team rule, you say, and they called it the Patriot way, and we all you know applauded them for 20 years about the way they did it. I forget what the running back was for New England, but he came out and rushed I think like 200 yards and four touchdowns and then the rest of the year got the ball 10 times because he was late to a team meeting like the next week. And we were all like, look at him, he's a master. Well, Stefanski tries to hold a player accountable and people are giving him crap for it. What, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, it, everybody wants it from Stefanski there. But here's the main thing. Miles Garrett was benched. It didn't matter. Our, our defense was terrible. And it looked exactly like when we played the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Davion didn't play in that one. We got pushed around. Uh, for some reason, too, our linebackers were way, way back. Uh, 
I'm glad that Stavansky, if it was a discipline issue, held them back. But for the one series, it didn't matter. Uh, we couldn't stop anything. What What's sad is you you knew coming into this game, they're a dome team. I mean, they didn't have Jarvis Landry. They didn't have Chris Olave. They didn't have – all they had was Kamara and Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton. And so we knew – they were going to just have to run the ball. And it's like I, I went back and watched some of the game today. I did not see us stacking the box very often. Even even the announcer was like, at some point, Joe Woods has got to bring everybody up and force Andy Dalton to try to beat you over the top in you know, 20, 30-mile-per-hour wins. And we just didn't do it. And I don't know how many They're times – yeah, their linebackers, their linebackers were stacking up the box large, like maybe two yards from the line of scrimmage. We were at least four when uh, Tyson Hale got Tyson Hill got into the game. He ran amok. We did nothing to stop that, and we knew that that was the one way that they were going to win. If it would have just been Kamara and it would have just been Dalton, uh, we could have we would have maybe eked that out thirteen ten. You know, but it, they just went on that one run. We were up 10 nothing, and then they scored 17 straight points, and we had no answer. And it seems unfathomable that you can't figure that out with just three guys to worry about. Well, we heard last week or uh, after we played the Bengals, and, you know, two of their top three receivers went out. We heard uh, Coach Howard come out and talk about how it was a difficult adjustment to play them without their good players. And I thought that was an insane answer to put out into the media. And then, so I'm not surprised that we're unable to adjust in game or have a game plan ready on the defensive side. If the announcers are calling you out for not being creative and not adjusting to what the game is dictating, what are you doing? I, I don't, I don't understand. And I don't know why on third down, how many times is third and long and we're just playing the softest coverage ever Did we just give them free releases off the line. Third and eight mines will be third and two for people who play against the Browns. It is unbelievable. You know what the joke is with my Browns backers group. I'd rather be in third and two than third and 17. Because third and seventeen <laughs> with this freaking team, for whatever reason, we pay this play the softest thing, the softest zone. And you know what happens with third and seventeen? We throw a pass, or sorry, the other team throws a pass to the flats, and they catch it what five yards into the flat, and they run it the next twelve yards. And we like, did you see John Johnson miss that tackle? It was a third and 17. I'm sure it was a five yard out into the flats and the guy ran 12 yards down first down. It's the same thing. It's the definition of insanity. We, we've been watching. And here's the thing. People are saying, well, you can't. How are you going to hold Joe Woods accountable? We give him crap linebackers and no defensive tackles. We can still be upset about play calling and philosophy. Like if you know you don't have the players to do exactly what you want to do, you have to adjust. And I don't know how many times the, they'll have a penalty or we'll actually get a sack or something on first down and it's second and 17, second and 20. And I just know they're going to get the first down because on second down or third down, they're going to pick up 10 to 12. And then on third down, they'll get like four or five. And next thing you know, it'll be third and one, third and two. They – we give up so many chunk plays because of our soft coverage. It is 
it is unbelievable that we're still watching it. And a lot of talk about Stefanski's job security and whatnot. I think Stefanski's back no matter what. But I think that he has to stop and look and do a lot of self-evaluation. There's got to be big changes on that coaching staff. Like anybody who has anything to do with the defense or the special teams should basically be taking a hike because it is just – it's terrible. I 100% agree. I mean, we how many times have we called up, even myself, like leaving uh, questions on the show? Hey, guys, tired of losing. Don't like the tackling. You know, where's our defensive line? What are they doing? Getting pushed off. It's the same thing over and over again. And, like, Jimmy Haslam's got to be tired of watch, just going to the game, you know? And they had to all freeze their butts off like all the other fans down there and watch that poor ass show, right? A showing, and then oh, I shouldn't say that, but anyways, the uh, <laughs> you know what you know what I'm getting at, right? And then yeah. we, we we all sold ourselves on this team, right? Like we all went into the season, we all watched the preseason games, going, man, we really get blown off the line of scrimmage. Nothing's changed the entire year. You know, the other thing is, well, who's going to catch the ball other than Najoku and Cooper? Nobody, still nobody. And we're going to go into next week against the commanders with nobody. You know what I mean? So there's got to be major changes. And we've seen Prefer for the last three years have three different kickers that all kick the same crap. Wide right, wherever. Like, it drives me crazy. I'm tired of watching it. Yeah, well, Flick's only... brought up the, uh, ahead, the kicker thing. Let's give this guy a couple years. I don't want to see us miss a playoff shot next year because a bunch of missed field goals. But I also don't want to get rid of our kicker after one year and then go see him be the next Justin Tucker for the Steelers or something. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I don't mean get rid of the kicker. I mean, let, let's coach him up right Okay, yeah, yeah you're 100% right there, though. Uh, I definitely think coaching, is it's got to be some somewhat of an issue. Uh, he he doesn't look, you know, as poised as he should, and he's made some really, really bad kicks. And you do have to blame execution. You can't blame every poor play on coaching. You know, a lot of it is execution. But a lot of it is coaching, too, and – I'm going to predict K. York to be the Browns kicker for the next several seasons and a good one at that. Uh, I hope I'm right. <laughs> I, I My problem, not necessarily even with the missed kicks, because Mike Prefer doesn't kick the ball. I mean, I, I would like to see some guidance, you know, like, hey, like let's coach him up a little bit. But to me, it's not – it's the mental errors on special teams too, like bringing the ball out from 10 yards deep in the end zone and getting tackled inside the 10 and having to go 90 yards. It's, you know, not covering the ball on an onside kick. It's, it's all this stupid stuff. And it's like that, that is coaching because if the players are constantly making mental mistakes like that, it's obviously not being hammered home enough in practice. Yeah, and, yeah. and then if, if Look not, then they're not being held accountable enough. Yeah, I mean, look at her fullback. He got a, a ball kicked off him last year or whenever the last time we had a fullback, you know, when and, th- and that was another onside gaffe. Like, when do you guys ever remember in the last three years that we ever executed an onside kick like we should have? It is like the most stressful thing being a Browns fan with either a kick 
like just a simple PAT or trying to get an onside kick, like like a guy that is on the hands team to fall on a kick is stressful, man. And it shouldn't be that way. They, they've done it for like at least 10 years in their life at some point from playing from like peewee leagues, you know? Yep. Uh, so then another thing I want to talk about is a, a lot of people were ta- discussing the play calling in this game. Um, weird thing. We did run the ball with Chubb more than 20 times. I thought that was a guaranteed win, but apparently not. Uh, Chubb did have 24 carries. I think we actually ran the ball more than we threw it. Um, I think the issue is, and I'm going to be completely honest, I didn't feel that good on Christmas Eve. And this game was so bad to watch, and I was getting so irritated. I just went to bed in the like at the start of the fourth quarter, and I had to go back and watch the fourth. I just knew we were going to lose. I could just tell watching. This was over already. We weren't going to win this game, so I went to bed, which is embarrassing to say. Um, but so Nick Chubb, 24 carries, 92 yards. I think that what people are screaming about is the situational play calling. Like, I know it, it was about midway through the fourth quarter. It was a uh, – we had a third and two, and we threw a, a play-action pass, and then we went for it on fourth down and just ran a straight drawback pass. Deshaun overthrew DPJ by about five yards, and we turned it over on downs. And it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things It's like I'm not one of these people who screams just run the ball. I think there's context to all that in the low of the game. But if you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, and you know so you know you're in two-down territory, why not give it to Chubb one of the I, obviously, on fourth and two, I'm probably putting into Sean's hands on some, letting him make a play somehow. But if you know you're going to go for it on fourth, you have the, the best running back in football. Why not give him the shot? Especially because I'm watching the fourth quarter and Chubb's ripping off seven to ten yard runs regularly. So that is, I thought Stefanski called a great game against Baltimore, and then he bounced back this week with one of his games where it seemed like he was trying to outsmart himself at times because. Chubb was ripping off runs. It's third and two. You're yeah, going- I mean, I thought it was just go for it. Good. I thought it was like, what did you guys think? I thought there was a lot more sweeps than needed to be. I thought like if the bulk of your, if you got Poshik back and you got Teller and you got Tonio, just run maybe, maybe off tackle, but just stick it in the two A gaps. And just run and run and run. And I think that's what the Saints did. I mean, I'd have to watch the game again. But they just kept pounding it up the middle and just little short dump passes. I think all we had to do was match that. Uh, With that long pass over uh, DPJ, I think Watson had the wind in his back. I I think he just didn't realize how it would sail on that. And um, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on the last – possessions of the game the last three possessions so i think we were on the 25 yard line or the 20 or maybe just in the red zone and we kept just passing it i really wanted to see us run i thought they were worn down i thought we could have run it i thought we had enough time and uh or maybe not to the end zone every single time what did you guys think what what part of the game was that again i'm sorry i was reading our comments and i got sidetracked that's my fault (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Just basically the last four games, like the game was on the line. We could have won it. And Najoko did drop a, a game-winning pass, but it was all passes all the way through. I thought we could have run it. I thought we could have softened them up, got closer, and we didn't have to pass it as far. I just – I don't recall what yard line we were on at the last four passes. I know um, 
I know coming up to this game, Posick was back this game, and I thought the line played better. Um, but leading up to this, the last like four weeks, I've almost been anti the Browns running the ball because the offensive line was playing so bad. It almost seemed like any time the Browns ran the ball, it was a negative play. Zero to negative yards, and it was just driving me crazy. Um, I know the, the last – a couple plays of the game, we were at the 12 or 15-yard line, uh, according yeah, to the okay. comments. And what sucks is I, DPJ, it would have been a tough catch, but we've seen him make that catch. That's a touchdown catch to tie it up. And then Njoku straight drops one. Um, and then you'd love to see Deshaun not take a sack on. It's fourth in the game. Mm-hmm. Throw it. Don't take the sack, please. Like, yeah. do do something. T- I'm going to be 100% honest. I thought he looked cold. <laughs> and obviously he was, but the ball didn't how, seem to come out of his hand that well. Yeah, all the passes um, that dropped, they were too full. Too full. They're they're too cold. You know. Yeah, I know the weather was a big deal in this game, but deep the, the catch of DPJ that he dropped—that's a catch that you see them show highlights of of all these other games of you know players making these big time plays. So you'd like to see that. And then there was also the third touchdown dropped earlier in the game, Amari Cooper. Wide open, sliding in the end zone. I mean, it was a great pass, hit him right in the hands. It just was not caught. There were there were three potential touchdown passes, and we didn't catch yeah. any of them. Right. And, and I didn't think Deshaun. This was the first week I haven't. I didn't think he took like a noticeable leap. Um, but then again, you know, it was negative fifty degrees. Yeah, with- when you look at Dalton's line of eight completions, you know. It was a tough game to pass. Yes. Man. So th- th- that was to be expected. It was good to see him run a touchdown, not get touched. Yes. He looked fast. But I went back and watched the fourth quarter today. On that final drive, the potential game-winning drive, Deshaun Watson hit some huge throws, uh, especially it was like second and third and long. I mean, there were there were times we were third and eight plus, and he hit some big-time throws on that drive. And then he put the ball in the money twice on a game-winning drive, and his receivers let him down. So his his stat line was obviously not great. I don't think anybody was going to have a great stat line. But I thought, again, like, I thought he played well enough to win the game, especially at the end, down the stretch. Um, yeah, he didn't have any poor throws. The interception was off somebody's hand. I thought yep. the reads that he made were really good. Um, you know, Amari Cooper left four points, like six points for him, but he left four points out there because he dropped the pass, so we had to settle for a field goal. Now, if we were driving down and we were on the 15-yard line, you know, we could have tied that game up at 17 if it was 17-14, right? I, I, I did this. At, so yeah. that it really hurt, like, those – I, I went through this these stats the uh, the other game, and I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to do it again. We had 15 first downs. They had 14 first downs. We were 7-16 on third down. They were 7-15. We ran 67 plays. They ran 54. We had more total yards. We had more passing yards. They outrushed us by 30 yards, 152 to 124. Uh we they had two penalties for 15 yards. We only had four penalties for 45 yards, and we had a minute more in time of possession, and we lost. This is the second time in our in our last two losses where we, if you just pulled up the, the the box score, you'd think the Browns won. 
And yeah. it, the, the problem is, is I, I want to go back and do a little bit of research, but 16 third downs in the game. And I feel like the Browns live in third down. We, we, we hit so many third downs. We are not very good on first and second down, it seems, especially second down. We'll get seven yards on first down, and then we'll lose two yards on second down, it seems, regularly. And, and it leaves us in third and six, third and seven all the time, and then we're under 50% conversion rate. And I want to go back like the last month to see what it is, but it's the last – so then I'm thinking, how, how are we beating these teams in all these statistical categories but not scoring any points? And it, I, I come to the realization we're not hitting – There's no since we got Deshaun, there's no explosive plays. It is very hard to go 9, 10, 11, 12-play drives against NFL defenses every single time you have the ball. It is hard to sustain – that long of drives where ever since we got to Sean, we thought we were going to see the run game open up and we were going to start hitting some bigger plays in the pass game. And it's almost becoming more of a struggle on, in offense in terms of the big play. You're, and you're just, you're not going to see, you're not going to go 12 plays every time. That's why you'll, we'll start a drive and it's like, holy crap, we just had four or five good plays in a row. And then it sputters out. One of those five plays needs to be like a 25 yard game. We, we can't go – you're not going to go four yards, four yards, four yards, and go 90 yards every time like that. It's just not going to happen. You might do it once or twice. Well, there's our 10 to 14 points. You know, we, we have to start getting some down-the-field plays or the offense is going to continue to struggle. Man, I miss a big Nick Chubb, like, run, like, over 20 yards. Like, I can't remember the last time we've seen one. Um, the uh, – Defense, the Ravens aren't slouches either. Maybe it's the last two defenses we've seen very many big plays. Um, but um, at, at the end of the day, it, it's got to happen because those teams can do it. They'll figure it out. Um, we need to. And uh, I'm just hoping that we beat the Commanders next week because I'm getting a lot of chirping in the uh, comments because a lot of my ex-family members are on there from my ex-wife's family and they're chirping the commanders right now or they're chirping the Browns and I want the commanders to win I see it. I see it, guys. We're going to beat you. <laughs> I like how confident you are. You're not as, I'm not as confident right now. I was wondering um, what those comments were. Go ahead, John. Were you, yeah. <laughs> no, just, uh, that's all I had to say. But no, so Josh, you said we had a couple of voicemails. Do you want to get to those? Yeah, let me play the first one here. It's from Phil. Hey, guys, it's Phil. Well, that was a pretty terrible Christmas gift uh, yesterday. Offensive line still looks bad, even with Posick back. They didn't get a lot of push during the run game. I, I don't know got stuff so many times, I, probably at least 10 times. He had some good runs, but just not consistent enough at all. I don't know why we were throwing deep passes in frigid weather. And I don't think he hit any of them. Uh, it was just a frustrating game. I'm just have no faith in our coaching staff anymore. And of course, we give sixty million dollars to a, a right tackle who hasn't stayed healthy or even played that well in the last two years. And of course, he had two penalties yesterday. And I don't know, man. We're eliminated now officially, so I guess we'll see what they do in the off season. That's kind of where I'm at. But let me know what you guys think about the signing of uh, Conklin. There we go. And uh, we will see what happens in the offseason. So that was Phil. He's actually a recent Dog Pack member of the month. So it was good to get his voicemails on the show. Um, what did you guys think of the Conklin signing? Were you guys a little bit surprised? I put it out in our Dog Pack that I was 
super surprised. And uh, I thought maybe Hudson was playing a little bit better. Uh, that being said, uh, maybe they signed him. I don't know what the right tackle free agency market is. And I don't know who's coming out of the draft to replace him. So maybe Hudson's going to get moved over to left tackle. Maybe there's going to be some shakeups there. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I was surprised. Um, what were you going to say, John? Go ahead. Well, we had just heard, per Mary Kay, that Conklin was planning on finishing up his career or at least playing an extensive amount of his career in Cleveland. So if it weren't for that report, yeah, I would have been a little bit more surprised, but I thought I kind of saw that coming. So uh, with, you know, with that said, like I wasn't overly surprised. I just, he's, you know, he's really serviceable. I think we've been a little bit upset with most of our offensive linemen the last maybe season and a half. Cause we went from having, stacked offensive line pretty much the best in the league to uh subpar at best uh so you know i'm i'm happy for him he got his money so let's just hope he brings it the way the way Um, i look at this go ahead uh i was just gonna say i just brought up real quick you mentioned the free agent you know right tackle market in the offseason and based on the quick list on track here it's it's not great so i bet that had something to do with it too Uh, um, So the way I look at it is I don't necessarily care about the money that much because it's not mine. And they – Andrew Barry will just finagle the the, the salary cap anyways. You know what I mean? So, like, in terms of uh, money and free agents or whatever, I'm not necessarily concerned about that. I think I saw a thing earlier today that said if the Browns restructure Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson, and somebody else's contract, they can free up over $60 million for next year. Hmm. So – the salary cap is is it's essentially a myth. You might have to pay it eventually, but man, you can kick that down that that can down the road a very long time if you're good at your job. And Andrew Barry's good at that. Um, kick it down the road until you win a Super Bowl, then start yep. paying off money, and then rebuild. Uh, Look so, at the 2016 Cavaliers. Yep. So I I just. I'm not concerned about the money part. And then, like somebody said here, it came down to either pay him, downgrade, or pay someone else even more. And I think this tells you that they think his his play has been more injury-related and not necessarily um, his skill diminishing. And they see him every single day. Bill Callahan sees him every day. So if they thought he was worth the money in terms of uh, talent-wise, it only two years is guaranteed. So it's not like we're stuck with him for the whole the whole contract. It's it's essentially a two-year deal. So I think there's way worse right tackles in the game, and the Browns weren't going to go get a top five right tackle. So I think it was a, is a decent idea. I think it's more interesting to see what we do at center and left tackle going into this offseason. I think Posick might have played so well, he might have priced himself out. We'll see mm-hmm. if the Browns can re-sign him. And then I think it'll be interesting to see if the Browns pick up the option for Jed Wills. I don't he, – he's just so up and down and so much of it seems like effort. I don't know if he's confused. Sometimes if you don't know what you're doing, it can look like lack of effort because you get caught standing around because you're not 100% sure what you're supposed to be doing. But, man – so much of his problems seem like effort and you can't you can't coach effort you either got it or you don't so i think he either needs to go or they need to at least bring in competition and tell him listen this isn't your job 
you got to it's this is a, a, a competition in camp and you're gonna have to earn this job if you want it and then see if he's got that dog in him to go out there and beat somebody out for the job because we drafted him and then gave him the job and he's never had to fight for it it was just given to him so maybe he needs to work for it a little bit yeah, yeah I, I mean go ahead I'll just say that the whole idea of him, you know, maybe not knowing what he's doing and that's why it doesn't look like he's given effort. I don't know how much of that I agree with because you look at the rest of the offensive line and what Callahan's been able to do with a guy like Wyatt Teller and, and the evolution of him and Postick this year stepping in and playing, like you just said, maybe playing himself out of what we can afford and all this kind of stuff. And then you see Wills out there and it's like, why is this one guy not getting it? It'd be like on the defensive side of, if only one of the DBs was standing around looking like they were confused, you say, well, maybe it's him, but it's all of them. So, you know, it's the scheme. Whereas on the offensive line, it's just Jed. Did, did Hudson play left tackle at Cincinnati or he was just strictly right? Went from defensive uh, tackle to right tackle. I believe so. Okay. He, he was playing well though. And the thing I like about Hudson is he's got a little bit of nasty in him. Well, he was a defensive but, tackle. He's got that. You know, yeah. that, that kind of dog fight in him. So I, I'd like to see him get some playing time for sure. Uh, do we? Did we have another voicemail then? Yeah, got one more here. This one's from our boy Brad. Hey, guys, it's Brad Moneymaker. Um, so I'm just going to lay it all out on the table. This organization is straight trash from the top to the bottom. Paul D. Podesta needs to go. I'm done with this trash of, uh, you know, if we do this thing, this thing will probably happen with like a 80% tile completion or something like that. Or us always going fourth down when we were supposed to have a good field goal kicker, which that's another thing. Our special teams coach needs gone. Mike Prefer is the worst special teams coach, but probably be back next year for some dumb reason. Kevin Stefanski on the hot seat right now. I'm not waiting till next year. Joe Woods, gone. The whole defensive coordinators, gone. The offensive coordinator, gone. Wide receivers coach, gone. Like, everybody just gone. Probably keep Kevin Stefanski for some reason. See how he does with Deshaun, but that the jury's out. And I am just done with it all. And the defense is a mess. We need players and depth. And the offense just fell apart at the end of the season when Deshaun got in there. And I'm just over it all. And I, it's really hard to root for this team right now. Well, Brad, <laughs> uh, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you. It is. Every week the Browns lose a game that I think they should have won, which is a lot of times. It's just I just shut down like emotionally. I just like I don't know how much longer I can do this. And then by Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm like, well, I'm ready to I'm ready for Sunday. So I guess we're doing this. Um, people say Brad Moneybaker has a funny name. It's his real name, by the way. We asked. I know <laughs> we weren't uh, sure at first. <laughs> so. Uh, also another dog pound member, so or dog pack member. So if you want to hang out with Brad Moneymaker, uh, check us out there. Um, but no, I think we got a clean house. I don't think Stefanski needs to go right now, but he's a first time head coach. Okay. So let's be patient, you know, and it's very hard to be patient. Is he trust me, I watch the games and I get irritated too. But this give him time. Kyle Shanahan just went over five hundred in his coaching career. Okay, and he's considered one of the best young coaches in football. Like, 
I don't want to fire Kevin Stefanski and then his next job is the job where he figures it out. You know what I mean? Like, let's be a little patient. Let's let's you know let's self evaluate, realize what he needs to change to get the organization going in the right direction. Uh, Philip says this is his third year. I get that it's his third year, uh, but it's that's still not that long in terms of the NFL. You know what I mean? Like it give him just, just give him a chance. Let's, let's evaluate. Let's say, Hey, you do this. Well, keep doing this. You need to focus on this. That's let's turn it. Let's hire a new defensive coordinator. Let's do the special teams coordinator. Let's get another coach in here that has maybe been a head coach who can kind of handle that whole side of the ball. So you could focus on this, um, focus on running the team more. Uh, Phillip says, I'm willing to give him one more year. Yes, that's what I, I'm not saying. He's got the decade, but I'm just saying he's finally got his quarterback. Uh, we, we see that Joe Woods isn't the answer. We tried to be patient with Joe Woods and Mike Prefer. We tried to get on their guys and it's clearly not working. So let's give him a chance to correct that, come back with a new staff and then go from there. If, if next year's a dumpster fire and we're eliminated uh, 10 weeks into the season and we're talking about the same things, then yeah, Kevin's probably gone. But I don't want to fire him a year too early, just like I don't want to get rid of Ken York a year too early uh, and that stuff. If Now, if we go into this offseason, we don't fire Joe Woods. If, if if we basically, if we come back next year with the same staff, same everything, I'm going to be very frustrated. Because yeah, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch. I not agree more with that. I, I I'd agree. And like, here's the thing. Like, I've been I've been a Browns fan since 1985. Since I've been 10 years old, and I saw this guy, Mr. William Belichick, come through Cleveland, and he went six and ten. He went seven and nine, and then he went seven and nine, and then he went eleven and five. And everybody in Cleveland wanted to run him out. Well, we lost our team. And, but the thing is, I don't know if they would have been patient with him because he ended up going five and 11 after that for the five years. Right now, there's a lot he couldn't control there. Same thing with, with uh, Phil Dawson. I don't know if you guys remember this, but somebody showed that he had very similar stats to um, uh, K York right now. But I remember when Phil, he was kicking against Denver or something. And they, like Mary Kay literally said, he is going to get cut if he has a crap game this game. And he went like four for four. He had some wild stats. And then his career just took off. you got to give these guys some time, you know? Yeah, it's it's tough for Browns fans to be patient because we've been patient for three decades, uh, my, you know, my yeah, entire life. But amazing, man. it feels like I know – the season didn't go the way we wanted it to, but it feels like we're on the cusp. Okay. It feels like we're, we're better now. We're in a better spot now than we were five years ago. You know, five, six years ago, we, we went in a one in 31 stretch, just winning a game was the highlight of, you know, a five-year span. So it was a Christmas miracle. Yes. So we're trending we're trending in the right direction. It's not going as smoothly as we wanted. It's not going as quickly as we wanted. But I feel like we're on the cusp. If we can just be patient, keep it together, um, I think we can do good things with, with Kevin Stefanski and the roster that's put together right now. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing from this game before we take a, a, a quick commercial break. Uh, so... This was a game the the Browns should have won in terms of the Saints didn't have Jarvis, didn't have Olave. You know their defense was banged up, hasn't been great against the run this year. 
They're a dome team, okay, who plays half their games at a dome, and they're coming up to Cleveland where it is supposed to be home field advantage, AFC North, smash mouth football, playing in the cold, playing in the wind. You know, this should have been a walk in the park for the Browns. And instead, the Saints bully us and we lose. And it made me think, of all the times we've had these bad weather games that are supposed to be home field advantage for the Browns, how many have we ever actually won? Uh, we lost to the Raiders. We barely beat the Texans with Deshaun. It was a 10-7 yeah. game. You know, um, I, I can get, I think one time the Texans came to town before uh, Watson, and I think uh, Watt – Scored a touchdown, blocked a field goal. Like he was the game, and it was like it was like zero degrees out. We we're supposed to be the team to, that you know that they're they're from Texas. Yeah, there's there's two things in the in football that I think are vastly overrated. Okay, it, because the Browns have shown me in my life that uh, they don't they're not right. One is that cold bad weather is home field advantage. It's not because we've sucked my whole life and the weather's been shit in Cleveland my whole life. So that's not an advantage in draft picks. The Browns have had top 10 draft picks my entire life and we've sucked my entire life. So those two things I think are just extremely overrated. And then, so I want to ask then, is it time for a dome in Cleveland? And yes. I, we've talked about this in years past and we've caught a lot of shit for it. A lot of people have complained, but I think, now that we have Deshaun, now that we have Amari Cooper, I think people are kind of sl- slowly changing their tune a little bit. Uh, so I want I wanted to revisit this. What do you guys think in the comments? Is it dome time in Cleveland? I'm going to say it's 100% dome time, for, you know, just on my opinion here, because, you know, you ask about the myths of, you know, the, the cold weather and everything being like home field advantage. I don't think cold, you know, you hear people say like, oh, this is football weather. I, this isn't football weather. You you can't throw a pass. You can't catch a pass. You can't do football things in negative 10 degree weather. It, it's not football weather. It's no fun for the players. It's no fun to watch it at home. It's no fun to watch it at the game. You see the empty stands. How many of those seats are filled if that's a dome? That's the thing, too. It's home field advantage to what play in front of an empty stadium. No right, crowd exactly. noise. How's right. that? Like you're you're telling me it's home field advantage, but it's so cold nobody wanted to go to the game. There were tickets for a dollar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a dollar. Browns, not every player that we draft or sign grew up in Cleveland playing football outside in December with no shirt on. I mean, right. it's it's not home so, field advantage. Deshaun Watson's from the South. You know it's. It's not an advantage. It's just not an advantage. And I don't know what part of our record for the last 30 years would make you think it's an advantage. Playing in <laughs> cold weather seems to be the opposite for the Browns. So, yes, yeah, I, let's get a dome. I live eight hours north of you guys. We shut the damn city down. It's freezing cold. There's like, there's nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted to go to that game. And like, I was there last December in the Lions game, and it was like a sleety, snow day it was awful being there you were chilled to the bone it wasn't as cold as there but it was so damp nobody wanted to play and again that was another 16 10 game that we eked out looked awful baker got booed off the um field and like nobody was happy uh yeah it's it's time um i just 
I, I don't want to hear any more about football weather. Just because you can play football in the cold doesn't make the cold football weather. You know, like like you said, it's just it's ignorant. And when football was invented, you know, th- nobody threw the ball. The athletes on the field they had other jobs. You know, like they 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 were plumbers True. during the week, and then they'd come play some football on the weekend. These dudes are training all year at round. Our peak athletes. I want to see them do what they train all year to do. I don't want to watch Nick Chubb get the ball and not be able to cut. That's not what I want to. That's not what I want to watch. I want to watch my team at their best against the other team at their best and see which team wins. I don't need some third factor, <laughs> you know, affecting the outcome of the game, essentially. So I'm Team Dome. I think we all are. And I, it seems like the comments, a lot of people are, are also pro-Dome. Uh, I do want to address Aaron Butler's talking about the Ravens going to the Super Bowl real quick. I, I wasn't going to address this, but if, you, if you're so high – you think the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl? <laughs> Good for you, buddy. I want some of that because the Ravens, I don't care what your record is that because you got to play your fourth place schedule because you finished fourth place last year. Um, your team's dog shit. You guys suck. You can't score. Your quarterback's going to be playing in Miami next year. And I don't want to hear about how dominant your franchise is because you were about to fire your coach before they made the switch to Lamar Jackson. So, Get out of here. Go, you know, stop. You guys had Kyle, you guys had Kyle Bowler as a quarterback at one point. So let's not pretend like every year for the Ravens has just been amazing. So, But they did get a off. Super Bowl 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to tell them they haven't been relevant in the playoffs in a decade. They're starting to sound like Steelers fans. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So give me a break. Um, all right. Why well, did I just remind to... Aaron Butler that the Browns dominated the league in 1964? <laughs> <laughs> the Ravens didn't even exist yet. You were still the Browns. There you go. Actually. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So we're going to take like a quick two minute break. Uh, so we can show you guys these super cool ads and uh, and I can blow my nose. And when we get back, we're going to just do a quick preview for the Commanders game. So make sure you guys stick around. Listen up, Browns fans. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Happy holidays, everyone. Browns fans, time to talk holidays. Christmas is right around the corner. And what are you going to get for that special person in your life? I'll tell you what I've been doing for the last couple of years. I've been getting my dad, grandpa, father-in-law, uncles. Everybody gets a nice big package of Omaha steaks. Like me, you can achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged 
tender and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you the holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S at checkout and get $30 off your order. Send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary butcher's cut filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So shop early, beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout. I'm telling you guys, personal experience, Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite, and a gift that, you know, maybe you get to partake in too whenever your dad or grandpa or whoever fires up that grill and says, hey, how about we throw on some of these Omaha Steaks you got me for Christmas? Sounds like a win-win to me. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code DOGS at checkout. Get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. And yes, we could hear Blake blowing his nose. <laughs> I thought I'd be muted. I, you know, I thought producer Josh would have me muted. Guys, I got a sinus infection like two weeks ago, and not to get too gross here on the show, I've had more snot come out of my nose. and I didn't even know it was humanly possible to have this much snot so you guys got to step into my world a little bit there during the commercial break that's, that's right, what i've been the con- congestion <laughs> nightmare has been going through our house too but hey it's so, that time of year i guess but like uh, that omaha steaks ad was for christmas even though christmas is over you guys can still order and still get that 30 dollars off so i just wanted to throw that out there you don't have to hold off i'm sure people have birthdays and all kinds of fun stuff coming up too the Browns gave us and turn it into something into a diamond. If you get those Omaha State, they look, <laughs> they look damn good. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So then we're going to shift gears a little bit here. I see a lot of people still talking about the dome. Um, so you guys keep that going in the comments. I think that's going to be a hot topic uh, in the off season. I don't know what a realistic time frame is to get a dome you know, in Cleveland, probably take a few years, but uh, I'd at least like them to get started here. Like it's a for sure thing. Make um, the decision. Yeah. But I want to shift gears here, kind of preview, do a quick little preview of the, uh, the meaningless commanders game that we have coming up here. Browns play Washington. Uh, I don't, do we know who's going to play quarterback for Washington? I thought that was an, yeah, that was an interesting move that they made in the, the game last week where they sold Heineke. So call me crazies. I don't know why they pulled him. He wasn't playing that bad. And San Francisco's defense makes everybody look awful. And he he was 13 to 18, two touchdowns. He did have the pick. He had 114 rating and an 84.1 QBR. I don't I don't I didn't understand why they pulled him, but then it doesn't help that Wentz came in and went 12 to 16, had a touchdown, had a 117 rating. So so but then the again, thing is I was saying, we, we, you know, I wasn't watching the game, so I don't know if maybe he wasn't making the passes, you know, in critical moments, third downs. Maybe he wasn't sustaining drives at the right time. I don't know. I don't know what all led to him or to the switch. A friend of mine's a big time Niners fan. He was watching the game and he was surprised. He said he thought he was playing pretty well considering how good the Niners defense is. Um, I mean, I know I didn't start him in fantasy. It cost me a chance to go to the championship. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> We coming into this game. Go ahead, Kenny. Oh, I was going to say he just threw the pick, and then all of a sudden he was gone. From what I remember, because we had the game on in the background. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it, and especially because he's got them in the playoffs, and they rattled off a bunch of wins when they once they went to him. So, 
I was I was surprised the team has played better for him. So to see them go back to Carson really shocked me. So uh, I guess we'll see who we're going to play. I don't know if it's official yet. Um, who would you guys rather face? I don't think it matters because they have two running backs that are going to handle the game just fine. Uh, well, I mean, who are those two running backs, you think? Because Brian Williams ran the ball 22 times for 58 yards. He had 2.6 yards per carry. And that's kind of been his thing since he's come back from being shot, which is, you know, kind of crazy in itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, His yards per carry is not great. Um, What I'm going to – I just – I don't know if we'll score because our offense has really been struggling and they got a good front seven. And and then if we – depending – it doesn't matter who we play in terms of Heineke or Carson, they're both slightly mobile. And I just – who do you, they're still playing for something? We're not. Right. So I don't know. The, the thing with Robinson, to go back to the yards per carry, though, because this is what I was thinking. The last three games before we play San Francisco, which is a – we can get, it's an elite defense. They, they stop the run. They, they stop everything. So he played Atlanta, had 105 yards average, almost six yards a carry. The Giants, uh, 96 yards, almost five yards a carry. And then the Giants, again, 89 yards, over seven yards a carry. So against bad run defenses, he can rip off some some yardage. He's a big bruising back, and we we really suck at that. Turns out we supply the bad run defenses. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I they got some weapons on the outside. Terry McLaurin's good. Curtis Samuel's good. Logan Thomas, their tight end, is serviceable. Even Antonio Gibson, I think, is better than what they give him credit for. It seems they try to do anything they can to not give him playing time, but then every time he gets on the field, he produces. So I don't understand what's going on with that. Um, but and they got a good coach. I think Ron Rivera is a, a, a good coach. So um, – what I want to see out of the Browns is even though the season's done, I feel like you have a lot to play for in terms of pride and trying to get things right heading into the offseason in terms of your offense. I would like to see us score points. Like, let's have a game where the offense looks crisp. Deshaun plays well. Um, let's put up, you know, 30 points. Let's have a couple touchdown drives. Let's just look efficient on offense and let's look smart. And this is not. I don't want to see another 10-point game. Yeah, I'd agree with that, too. Go go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, we don't have to worry about weather really factoring into this. I'm looking at it now in the forecast. Looking ahead is partly cloudy, 52 degrees. It should be no no rain or anything. So I think it should be a pretty even game as far as the weather's concerned. Thank God. Yeah, and and like like they want to get Deshaun Watson rolling. I mean, the guy comes out. I mean, uh, the Ravens game, the weather was – okay and then last week was just drastic you're not going to expect any kind of like um any kind of incremental movement up in a in a good game right so this would be a great one to get the offensive line on track start running chubb let's see some of those big plays we were talking about earlier in the program um let's get um uh, our receivers going maybe even have some receiver depth so like if maybe a third or a fourth guy shows up this game you know what i mean and uh, i think they can do it i think we handled them last time which was what two years ago is basically the same defensive line except they're all a little bit more into the system right um so if we can kind of capitalize on what we did last time and our offense actually does something I'm, i think we can be okay i really do want to see a lot of passing attempts 
um, <laughs> personally. I are would you be surprised if like they shut Nick Chubb down? Where is he at in terms of the rushing title? I feel like he's not he's not still in it, is he? No. Um, Josh Jacobs, I believe, weeks. is leading or I didn't I don't know if I looked at the stats after Nick uh, after Monday third right now. So it was third. I think it was Josh Jacobs, then Derek Henry, then Nick. Correct. So I think if he's got a shot, you know, then let him play for it. But um if he doesn't, where do you guys stand in terms of shutting him down? And preserving him, I, I want to see Deshaun play. I want to see the line play. I want to see our receivers play because we we, we need to get that chemistry with uh, Deshaun. But do you risk an injury to Nick Chubb? I mean, if he tears an ACL, now he misses all next year. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Phillips got a good point. He says he's out of it now unless he went off. I mean, he's almost two hundred yards already behind the leader. So I'll be I'll so. be the devil's advocate on that. I'll say good luck trying to tell Nick Chubb he's not going to play. I wouldn't tell the guy. <laughs> He can squat 600 pounds, three of me. So I'm not telling him anything. Andrew Jackson, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing my gaming headset. Uh, got my little but, uh, a wrong side. I got my little mic here, too. But I, I, uh, I would like to see – I wouldn't mind seeing um, Ford get some carries. Uh, I feel uh, that. Fresh legs, man. Fresh legs, yeah, and he's got, he's got skill. Because I, you have to think Cream Hunt's gone. There's no way Cream Hunt's back, right? So um, you got to think. Don't get Cream hurt because, well, I guess we're not trading him, but just let him go be a number one somewhere. And let's just see what we got in Jerome Ford. Um, it just sucks that we got to talk like this because with you know with two games left to play. It's just you know I think the only thing you're playing for now is just to. to Get some rhythm on the offensive side of the ball. Get see let Stefanski figure Deshaun out. Let Deshaun uh, figure Stefanski out. Um, but then one more thing I want to talk about. Somebody said they should shut Garrett down too. Garrett and Chubb down. Do you guys are you guys nervous at all about the Garrett? I, I'm not going to call it suspension because of uh, I mean it was only a series, but the fact that he had to be disciplined. Um, he he kind of calls out coaches a lot. He had to be disciplined. Um, I don't ever want to blame somebody for a car accident. Accidents happen, but until you find out that the dude has seven speeding tickets and drives recklessly all the time, uh, he's hit somebody in the helmet in the game and got suspended for a whole year. So it's like at some point there's a pattern. You know what I mean? Like at some point he's supposed to be a leader of the team, but he keeps doing things that – make him unavailable to the team. So it's like, does that make you nervous at all? I guess we'll wrap up with this. I wouldn't say it makes me nervous yet. I don't think anything was, I mean, if you want to compare it to other players at speed, I, I maybe if it's more than other players, but I don't see that as a thing. There's tons of people who do that. Uh, the hitting the guy over the helmet was a Steelers fan. So who cares? And, uh, <laughs> you know, like at, at the end of the day, like, I mean, the, the concerning thing for me is like, I mean, there was the one instance where he got punched in the face by a fan. Like a, that was weird. I mean, that might make you turn a little crazy or something. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I mean, it's just, I don't know, the regular guys at my work probably had the same skeletons in their closet. I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, I was just curious, uh, Josh, I saw you kind of shaking your head. Yes. What were, what were you thinking? Yeah. I kind of look at it the other way where you're right. Like he is supposed to be not just a leader 
the team, but also a face of the franchise. I mean, whenever, you know, ESPN or whoever's advertising for a rounds game that's coming up on Monday night or whatever, what what graphic are they putting up? It's either going to be Deshaun Watson or it's going to be Miles Garrett. I mean, maybe Nick Chubb, but I mean, Miles Garrett's one of your premier players on the team. He's paid like it. He was a number one overall pick. And you're right, he's done not just one or two or even three things to make you question that leadership ability. It's been constant, just drove of things one after the next. And it's it's like, is this going to stop or is this just going to keep continuing? And it stinks we have to talk about this because we talked last week. Like I thought he's putting together a pretty solid stretch of games where he's been playing really well lately. Um, so that's just something to keep an eye on, just something I was curious about. I would – consider if you're not playing for anything i would also consider not playing him um especially if he's still on the mend from that car accident a little bit that's not i want next year to be the most pristine perfect conditions for the browns i don't want there to be a single excuse for anybody on the coaching staff or anybody on the team i don't want us to have a rough patch and somebody to say, well, we didn't have miles or we didn't have this, or we were trying to do, I want to come in next year and it is just playing football. And if we don't win games, changes need to happen because uh, I'm tired of the excuses. I feel like three years ago we had excuses for Joe Woods. So we got him his players and then he had the excuses, you know, it was all nine starters and then Stefanski's got his excuses. He hasn't had his quarterback. It's just, I'm tired. I don't want any more excuses. It's the NFL. Things are hard for everybody. There's teams out there. You know what I mean? There's teams out there who have more wins than us that are in way worse situations than us. I mean, the Steelers. That's who I was going to say. You know what I mean? The Steelers are still fighting for a playoff spot. We They suck. We beat them early in the year. They're not that good of a team, but they figure out ways to win, and we figure out ways to lose. And I, I'm just – I'm done with that. I, I want no more excuses. Get ready for next year and come out next year ready to play. And if not, blow it up because I'm tired. I'm tired of – potential is nothing to me. Okay? It's just – it's nothing. I want to see it happen on the field. But – uh, I think we're coming right up on the hour mark, which is what we wanted to aim for for this live. So we, uh, we're we going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. We appreciate everybody who's here with us. Keeping the comment section alive. It's a lot more fun having all your guys' uh, interaction in the comment section. So thank you again for being here. Today on the After Hours show, we're going to be talking about a, uh, I think it was a Rizzo article about the role Di Podesta plays in the organization top to bottom, how much influence he really has. Plus, we're going to talk about the Tua concussion situation and what the league thinks about it. So I think it's going to be a really cool After Hours episode today. So if you're interested in that, make sure you head to jointhedogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member so you can check out that episode. Uh, We aren't going to do another episode this week, so we won't see you guys again until next year. (laughs) Haha, dad joke for you guys. Uh, Again, thank you guys for being here. We hope you guys had a great Christmas, and we hope you guys have an even better New Year. And uh, we'll catch you guys all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.